purple.com. Sleep better for less. Number one in customer satisfaction two years in a row with Mattresses Online by J.D. Power Award. Pick the right mattress for you. The Purple Mattress Dual Layer Comfort Form. Purple Hybrid Breathable response, Responsive Support. Purple Hybrid Premier Less Pressure for a Dreamy Floating. The Ascent Adjustable Base to make it possible to work, read, and lounge in bed. Bundle up for big savings, Timber Soft Premium Bedding and Cushion Bundles. Kids mattress optimally placed grid and softer form for best support for little sleepers. Enjoy no pressure support with free sheets and two pillows on select mattresses purchased up to 247 value. Sleepy Jones and purple pajamas all day comfort with soft stretch inspired pajamas while you worry about breakfast. <coughs> Some products are purple harmony pillow. Double seat cushion, <coughs> purple gravity weight, weighted blanket, purple duvet. Choose purple for no pressure support for everybody, 30 plus years, and 35 patents, comfort gel grid. Technology originally created to make wheelchairs more comfortable than their remembered beds. People love purple, period. Positively comfy, <coughs> even for your fur baby. Everyplate.com. Make affordable, crowd-pleasing meals at home. Choose from 14 delicious and affordable recipes that change every week. Everything you need is shipped to your door. Home-cooked deliciousness ready in 30 minutes. Save time and skip tedious trips to the grocery store. Save money and enjoy tasty dinners that won't break the bank at only $4.99 per serving. Easy to cook recipes at only six, six of sips and will turn you into a chef. And you can skip or cancel anytime. Some examples of the meals are sweet chili chicken, super smash burgers, balsamic glazed pork chops, Tuscan pork meatballs, crispy blue cheese chicken, chicken sausage meatball soup, saucy chicken and pepper stir fry, garlicky white sauce flatbreads, caramelized onion meatloaves, loaded baked potato chowder, creamy chicken sausage penne, black bean and pepper jack tostadas, chili garlic shrimp, Crispy chickpea cuckoo bowls. Just select recipes uh, after signing up. Recommended by 9,000 families. Break the cycle of boring. Good morning. Hope you had a good week. Are we ready for today's true crime story? Uh, the Women of Juarez. The phenomenon of the female homicides in Ciudad Juarez, called in Spanish feminicidio, feminicide, involves the violent deaths of hundreds of women and girls since 1993 in the northern Mexican region of Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, a border city across the Rio Grande from the U.S. city of El Paso, Texas. As of February 27, 2005, the number of murdered women in Ciudad Juarez since 1993 is estimated to be more than 370. After surveying 155 killings out of 340 documented between 1993 and 2003, a government committee found that roughly half are prompted by motives like robbery and gang wars, while a little more than a third involves sexual assault. The murders of the women and girls in Ciudad Juarez since 1993 have perceived 
received international attention primarily due to perceived government inaction in preventing violence against women and girls and bringing perpetrators to justice. Nature of female homicides. Evidence suggests that a specific group of women and girls are being targeted in Ciudad Juarez. The victims are com share common characteristics and there are many similarities in the violent crimes committed against them. Most of the women are young women who come from impoverished backgrounds and work in maquiladoras as factory workers and other sectors of the informal economy or as students. In addition, many victims share common physical attributes including dark skin, slender physique, and dark shoulder-length hair in terms of the crimes similar across cases include the rape, torture, and mutilation of the victims. Homicide statistics. There are various media reports with different numbers of ranges from hundreds to thousands of female homicides in the Ciudad Juarez region. For this reason, Amnesty International reports inadequate official data on the crimes committed in Chihuahua, particularly accurate figures on the exact number of mur murders and abductions of girls and women has led to disputes around the issues that obscure the quest for justice. According to Amnesty International, as of February 2005, more than 370 young women and girls have been murdered in the cities of Ciudad Juarez and Chihuahua. More recently, prosecutors from the state of Chihuahua reported that in 2010, 270 women were killed within the state of these murders. 247 occurred in Juarez. In 2011, Chihuahua's Attorney General Carlos Manuel Salas announced during a briefing in August 2011 that 20, 222 women have been killed in Chihuahua since January of that year. Of these 20, 222 murders, 130 of them occurred in Chihuahua and Ciudad Juarez. In total, more than 300 women were murdered in the city in 2011. A study was conducted in 2008 and the Femicide Database 1993 to 2007 at the Colegio de la Frontera Norte, which documented incidents of femini feminicide that occurred in Ciudad Juarez from 1993 to 2007. Of the various different kinds of murders that were analyzed, the study found two common patterns in the data which were classified as int intimate feminicide and systemic sexual feminicide. Intimate feminicide refers to women who were killed by men that were close to them. According to the study, intimate feminicide accounted for 30.4% 30, 30 of the murders of women and girls in wars from 1993 to 2007. Systematic sexual feminicide refers to systematic patterns in the killing of women and children, including kidnapping, sexual violence, torture, and body abandonment in areas such as desert areas, garbage dumps, and sewage ditches, among others. According to the studies, according to the studies, systemic sexual femicide accounted for 31.8% of the murders of women in Juarez from 1993 to 2007. Total number of homicides in Juarez. According to Molly Malloy, a research librarian and professor at New Mexico State University, also founder and maintain, maintainer of Frontera List, a long-running mailing list dedicated to information and discussion about issues in the U.S.-Mexico border, the situation in Juarez is one of impunity regardless of gender. She states that female murder victims have never been comprised more than 80% of of the overall number of murder victims in Ciudad Juarez. In the last two decades, that figure averages at less than 
That's less than in the United States where about 20 to 25% of women who are murdered are given in a given year are women. Other scholars also state that femicide rates in Sierra Juarez are lower than in American cities such as Houston and Ensenada and as a share of overall homicide rates they are typically lower than in any other cities. Motives. The uncertainty about the characteristics of the perpetrators, their relationships to the victims or their motives is primarily due to the dysfunction of the Mexican justice system as most cases have been inadequately investigated and documented. While in many of the cases in Ciudad Juarez it has yet to be determined who exactly has committed the murders. Much of the literature on this issue purports that patriarchal backlash against working women may be a potential motive for the killings. It is believed that the femicide in Ciudad Juarez may be related to organized crime like prostitution rings given the presence of the powerful drug cartels in the region. Further criminal gangs have become a permanent threat particularly to women on the border. Gang increases creates high risk for women especially due to very little institutional protection. This patriarchal backlash may indeed be, re, be the result of lack of employment opportunities for men and more women entering the workforce, which has altered traditional gender dynamics and created a situation between the sexes. Other researchers attribute the murders to Mexico's strict structural crisis, including increasing poverty, unemployment, the disintegration of, of the peasant economy, migration, and a dysfunctional justice system. Overall, and considering the potential motives for gendered violence, gendered violence against women, academic Mercedes. Oliver has argued that femicide is a mechanism of domination, control, oppression, and power over women. Contributing factors, organized crime and drug trafficking. In examining femicide in Ciudad Juarez, it is important to consider the impact of the drug trade. Juarez is, a, is the seat of the Mexican drug cartel, which has resulted in high levels of violence that have been directed at the Mexican population. It is believed that the femicide in Ciudad Juarez may be related to the powerful drug cartels along the border. Further, gangs have become a permanent threat, particularly to women on the border. Gang activity creates high risk for women, especially due to very little institutional protection. Often, misogyny is a common trait of gang activity. According to a study conducted in 2008 using the Feminicide Database 1993-2007 at the Colegio de la Frontera Norte, which documented incidents of feminicide that occurred in Ciudad Juarez, from 1993 to 2007, 9.1% of the murders of women were attributed to organized crime and drug trafficking activities. From 2007 to 2010, the murder rate spiked by around 1,000% from around one reported murder per day to around 10 murders per day on average. After, after the ATF gunwalking scandal where United States first ATF agents were exposed to engaging in a scheme to inadvertently arm Mexico drug cartels, which firearms with firearms in 2010, the rate has gradually declined from the previous status of the murder capital of the world. Maquila industry. Maquiladores are widely known for their cheap labor and their exploitative conditions, such as regularly violating basic human rights, which often target women. Women and girls often migrate from villages or rural areas in other parts of Mexico in search of work in the maquilas. According to Livingston, this migration of women created a new phenomenon of mobile, independent, and vulnerable working women in cities like Ciudad Juarez. Women and girls are often funneled to work in areas that require lower education and pay lower wages. 
Makila Doris to construct the female workforce under the notion that female workers are temporary workers, therefore justifying lower wages and creating a high turnover rate of laborers. According to Moneras Fragroso, the practices of the Makila Doris industry towards the workers reveal a reveal a consume and dispose cycle. This consume and dispose cycle represents how the Makila industry creates disposable women referencing the evaluation and expendable nature of their labor. Many of the murder victims of Ciudad Juarez have been Maquilador employees. Despite the expansion of the Maquila industry, Juarez still remained a relatively poor and undeveloped city lacking infrastructures in some parts such as electricity and paved roads. As part of the daily commute, many women Maquila workers walk through such areas to and from country company buses created vulnerability to be victimized. In addition, the increased involvement of women in the labor force may also be a contributing factor to the victimization of women and girls because of the competition for economic resources in decades in which male employment has been male unemployment has been high. NAFTA, the implementation of the North American Free Trade Agreement in 1994, resulted in the expansion of the maquilador industry, creating created and created new opportunities for employment for women outside of the home and in the factories. The availability of cheap labor made it attractive for business owners to open factories in Mexico, and the availability of cheap employment attracted many, especially women, to border towns such as Ciudad Juarez. Research has shown correlation to economic and political issues and violence against women along the border. Academic Catherine Pantaleo has argued that NAFTA as a capitalist approach has directly created the uh, devaluation of women and an increase in gendered violence. Further, according to the right, in the time period between the implementation of NAFTA in 1994 and 2001, the homicide rate for men increased by 300%, while for women, it increased by 600%. Such studies indicate the importance of exploring the effects of NAFTA when considering the possible causes of the murder of women and girls in Ciudad Juarez. Consequently, it has been suggested that amendments be made to NAFTA that include human rights provisions, machismo and marianismo ideology. Social cultural factors in relation to traditional gender roles have impacted violence against women in Mexico. According to Pantaleo, under a view of patriarchy, two Expressions are commonly used in Mexico to show the difference in status of males and females. These expressions are machismo and marianismo. Machismo is characterized by male power and aggression, while marianismo is characterized by subordination and domestic gender roles. As part of the marianismo ideology, women expect to fulfill domestic roles as wives and mothers and to refrain from paid labor outside of the home. Women who leave their homes to seek employment in the maquila industry directly challenge the marianismo ideal of womanhood. Oliveira suggests that this change situation challenges hypermasculinity in which aggressive aspects of male identity exaggerate in order to preserve their identity. According to Limson, gender-directed violence in Ciudad Juarez may be a negative reaction as women gain greater personal autonomy and independence while men lose ground. Political and government, Police and government response. The murder of women in Juarez has attracted global attention since 1993, given suspected police and government inaction to prevent the murders and bring perpetrators to justice. There have been several international rulings against Mexico for its inadequate response to the increasing violence against women. Police and government officials have been accused of responding with indifference to the crimes against women as well as 
exhibiting tolerance for such crimes, conducting inadequate and negligent investigations, and effectively responding to the crimes and failing to prevent and protect women from violence as a result of international attention, police and government officials have been potentially pressured to respond to the murders, consequently due to political pressure. For justice, police have been accused of rushing to make arrests and solve cases while the crimes continue to occur. Further out of hundreds of cases, only three convictions have ever been made, and there is such skepticism involving the integrity of the convictions. The methodology and integrity of police investigation has been questioned due to allegations of torture and human rights violations of alleged suspects. Amnesty International reports the government has failed to take effective measures to investigate and bring to justice those responsible for the deduction and killing of three women in Ciudad Juarez or to combat the ongoing pattern of violence against women and discrimination in the city. Convictions. According to Pantaleo, while around 400 girls and women have been abducted and murdered, few arrests and convictions have resulted. For convictions that have been made, there is a great deal of controversy that surrounds them. Police have been accused of conducting rushed investigations with questionable methodology and integrity. Further suspects have been apprehended and have claimed they have they were tortured into confessing. This has caused uncertainty of the legitimacy of both investigations and convictions. In 1996, an Egyptian national, Omar Sharif Latif, or Abdul Latif Sharif, was convicted of three murders and sentenced to a 30-year prison term. After the arrest in 1995, murders, the murders continued. Authorities claimed that Sharif directed members of the Los Rebeldes gang to continue the murders while he was incarcerated. These members were indicted and convicted as a result of, his, of this connection. The gang members accused of carrying out murders under Sharif's orders claimed they were tortured while in police custody, according to Moneros Fragoso. In the year 20, 2000, it was known that the body of Elizabeth Castro Garcia, whose murder attributed to Omar Sharif Latif, does not belong to her. His conviction is currently under appeal. In 2001, Victor Garcia Uribe and Gustavo Gonzalez Meza was apprehended for eight murders. Gustavo Gonzalez Meza died suspiciously while in police custody. In 2004, Victor Garcia Uribe, while a bus driver, was convicted of eight murders that took place in 2001. He confessed to these murders but claimed that he was tortured into confessing by police. In 2008, 16 Ruby Friar Escobedo was murdered by Sergio Barraza Bocanegra who was acquitted at his first trial for lack of evidence. Following, the two, following two years of activism, a retrial convicted Bo Negra, who remained on the run. In 2010, Ruby's mother, Marcela Escobedo Ortiz, was assassinated by a shot to the head at Point Blank Ridge while demanding for justice in front of the governor's palace in Chihuahua. International Justice There have been several international rulings against Mexico for its inadequate response to the increasing violence against women. According to Limerson, in 1998, the National Commission for Human Rights issued a report charging gross irregularities and general negligence in state investigations, including the misidentification of corpses, failure to obtain expert tests on forensic evidence, failure to conduct autopsies or obtain semen analysis, failure to file written reports, and incompetence in keeping records of the rising tide of women murders. In 2004, under the Occupational Protocol to the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women, CEDAW, conducted an inquiry into the allegations that hundreds of murders of women and girls have 
taken place in the area of Ciudad Juarez since 1993 at the urging of several NGOs. In order for the inquiry to take place, it was required that there was reliable evidence that showed that Mexico was in violation of rights established by CEDA, that the committee analyzed the gender-based crimes occurring, occurring in Ciudad Juarez and found the two common forms were murder and disappearances. The committee also analyzed the response of the government and found that their initial response was indifference and that the government exhibited tolerance of these crimes for years. Further, the committee concluded that the measures were undertaken by the Mexican state in response to gender violence against women leading up to the time of their inquiry were few and ineffective at all levels of the state. The committee made several recommendations of Mexico to adhere to, although these recommendations were not legally binding, they were influential in the public sphere. According to Amnesty International, in 2009, the Inter-American Court of Human Rights ruled on the Cottonfield Campo Algodonero case that Mexico was guilty of discrimination and a failure to protect three young women murdered in 2001 in Ciudad Juarez to ensure an effective investigation into their abduction and murder. The court ordered Mexico to conduct a new investigation of the murders, create a national memorial for the victims, pay reparations to the families of the victims, and to improve measures which prevent and adequately investigate the murder of women and girls. Local activism. According to Simmons, the murders in Juarez would not have drawn such national and international attention if it were not for the heroic efforts of the victims, families, and other women. There have been numerous local and international organizations that have helped draw attention to the issue of the murder of women in Juarez, which has helped to create pressure for the Mexican government to agree to further efforts to respond to violence against women. Further, the work of political leaders, activists, artists, Academics and journalists combined have also been instrumental in bringing international attention to the murder of women in Juarez and the issues that surround them. In 1999, a group of feminist activists founded Casa Amiga, Juarez's first rape crisis and sexual assault center. The center works to provide women in Juarez with a refuge against violence, therapy, legal counsel, and medical attention. Casa Amiga also works to raise public awareness, both locally and internationally, regarding the exploitation and dehumanization of women in Juarez. In 2002, a social justice movement named in named Ni Una Mas, and which which in Spanish means not one more, was formed to raise international awareness to violence against women in Juarez. The movement consists of a variety of domestic and international organizations and individual activists. Ni Una Mas. Participants demand that the Mexican state implement strategies that prevent violence against women, including murder and kidnappings, and that the state conduct competent investigations on crimes already committed. In attention to Casa Amiga and Ni Ina Mas, family support groups such as Nuestra Hijas de Regreso, uh, Casa AC, which in Spanish means Our Daughters Back Home, have also formed in response to the violence against women in Juarez. Nuestra Hijas de Regreso, uh, Casa AC has also worked to bring domestic and international media attention to the violence against women in Juarez. In popular culture, in television, the American television series The Bridge 2013 used the disappearance of the girls of Juarez as part of the backdrop to a series of murders. In film, the document Blood Rising 2013, directed by Mark, Mark McLaughlin, which examines the phenomenon of feminicide in Juarez through the work of an artist, Brian McGuire. The film Backyard El Traspacio, 2009, directed by Carlos Carrera, is based on these events. The film Border Town, 2006, starring Jennifer Lopez and Antonio Banderas, is based on these murders. The film Senorita Extravi 
Yada, Missing Young Women, 2001, by Lord Portillo, is a documentary following the femicides of Juarez. The documentary film Equal Means Equal, 2016, directed by The documentary film Equal Means Equal, 2000, directed by Kamala Lopez, features a segment on the women of Juarez. The documentary film Bajo Juarez, La Cida Devorando a Sus Hijas, 2003, directed by Jose Antero Cordero and Alejandra Sanchez, hints as at the many layers of political collusion and indifference from local, state, and federal authorities. In music, Tori Amos wrote a song about these incidents to Juarez for Amon to Venus and back. 1999-2000, after reading about them, at the drive-in song, Invalid Litter Depart, 2000, contains lyrics about the murders, Los Tigres del Norte song, Mujeres de Juarez, discusses the lack of government action in finding the perpetrators, the mistress wrote a song about Juarez, titled Where Did They Go, from the 2011 album, The Devil's Reign, and the lyrics in the incidents are referred to as femicides, the world is viewed to play and I am no longer afraid to die. Song January 10, 2014 is about the murders of the vigilante justice that took place in their aftermath. Intocable Song Dia 730 has an example that links it to one girl who was going to become famous but instead became one of its victims for feminicide. Shirmag's song Can't Stop Fighting from their third EP references the phenomena in its first lines. In print, in Roberto Bonano's novel 2666-2004, the murders serve as inspiration for the major section entitled The Part About the Crimes, although the novel is actually set in Santa Teresa, a fictional version of Cesar Juarez. Alicia Gaspar de Alba's mystery novel Desert Blood 2005 addresses this topic. Each and Her 2010 by Valerie Martinez is a book-length mode poem that addresses the murders in the context of politics, gender oppression, mythology, art, and more. If I Die in Juarez, 2008, by Stella Pope Duarte, and Eve Ensler's Vagina Monologue, Female Homicides in Juarez, feature, the monologue, feature in the monologue, Memory of Her Face. Senorita X, Song for the Yellow Robe Girl from Juarez, 2007, by Juan Philip Herrera, The Daughters of Juarez, A True Story of Sale Murder, South of the Border, 2007, by Teresa Rodriguez. The Way She Spoke, written by Isaac Gomez. Thank you for listening to this true crime story. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you stay safe in this during this COVID-19 pandemic that's since 2021. I look forward to it normally now that the vaccines are out, if that can ever happen. I hope you have a good week, and as always, thank you for listening. Have a good week.